All right, everybody, welcome back to another episode of Honestly Bilal. I'm your host, Bilal Med, and I'm a fourth-year medical student at the University of Toledo, and this is Honestly Bilal, the show for the aspiring ophthalmologist where I sit down and talk with medical students who are interested in ophthalmology, residents who are trained in ophthalmology, and current ophthalmologists in the field today. My guest today is Dr. Malik Kahook. Dr. Kahook is the professor of ophthalmology at the University of Colorado. He resides as the Slater Family Endowed Chair in Ophthalmology he is the Vice Chair for Translational Research, the Chief of the Glaucoma Service, and the Co-Director for the Glaucoma Fellowship at the University of Colorado. Dr. Cook has won awards such as the American Academy of Ophthalmology's Achievement Award, the Senior Achievement Award. He's been named under the 40 Under 40 Ophthalmology Power List. He has invented devices such as the Cahook Dual Blade, the Harmony Intraocular Lens System, and he has over 80 patents with 40 different companies. Dr. Cook is also a consultant to the FDA for their ophthalmic device division. And Dr. Hook, it's a complete honor to be with you today. I mean, thank you for joining me. Uh, it's, it's, it's a pleasure to be with you. So thank you for joining me. And I uh, can't wait to pick your brain about all sorts of things. Thanks for having me. We just took up the whole time that you have for the podcast. I know, I know, 20 so, minutes on now. <laughs> so I can, I can just say bye and hang up and we're good to go. Thank you for that. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. But it's good to have you and, and I have so many questions. And I just actually got done with a webinar at the University of Colorado. Uh, can't wait to talk about the program you guys have there and everything that's going on out West. Um, so we'll get right to it. So let's start with you a little bit. So why ophthalmology and why glaucoma? And what, what, what's your story there? You know, my, my route uh, to uh, medical school and to ophthalmology was, I think, very non-traditional. Um, I went through, so I, I, I'm from Ohio originally. We, uh, we should have that in common since you're doing um, school there in Toledo. Mm -hmm. um, I went through the University of Akron and got a nursing degree to start with. And that came out of a discussion with a couple of my cousins who were in the medical field that that would be a, a nice thing to do to get acclimated to the medical field. And and learned a lot of the lingo, um, ended up loving nursing. It was great, um, met a lot of great people. Um, entered into medical school thinking that I was gonna do something more general because of my nursing background and ended up falling in love with surgery and uh, really liking the aspect of working with my hands to fix things. Uh, and then I did a rotation in ophthalmology and I think it's, it's the same for a lot of medical students where you're not really exposed to ophthalmology when you're in your first couple of years of med school and really liked the aspect of doing cataract surgery and um, going from not happy to happy within 24 hours for the patients once you take the patch off and, and seeing their reaction. Uh, so that led to ophthalmology and then glaucoma was a natural progression for me because you get to know your patients. Um, it's kind of the internal medicine of ophthalmology. There's a lot of relationship building. It's a chronic disease. It's um, a lot more um, sort of getting to, you know, when you're a surgeon and you're doing a lot of surgery, a lot of times you become a little bit of a technician where you're just doing a lot of different surgeries, um, you know, day after day. With glaucoma, you really get to, to know your patients and, uh, and walk them through their disease process, which really appealed to me. So, you know, kind of one thing led to another, like almost everything else that you did and that I'm doing. And, and I ended up here because I was supposed to. This is where I was supposed to be. That's destiny. Yeah. So, so obviously in being there now, we, I got to ask you about Colorado. Again, the webinar they just put up this, this morning was really fantastic. I mean, such a great program in terms of, uh, you know, the ability of outreach opportunities. You know, you, you have a, a place that's building a new outpatient center. There's opportunities with growing a number of residents. Uh, you know, you're up to six residents. So, 
So that's, mm -hmm. and it's a program that you're actively involved with uh, in many ways. So talk about the program. What, what, what are people at the University of Colorado looking for in applicants, especially in a year where it's a virtual process and there's no right. one interview. So what is something that you look for or the faculty look for in terms of what, when you look at people sitting down and reviewing applications? Yeah, we've been pretty consistent with what we're looking for. I'll, I'll tell you a little bit about the program from my perspective. Um, I did residency here, so I, I left Ohio, came over here for my training after doing my transitional year in, in Canton, Ohio. Um, and the reason that I wanted to come here was the feeling that I had with the faculty when I came here for the interview. Mm. It was a much, much smaller program when I, when I did residency here. So I started residency here in 2002. And... Um, it was a very small six to 10 faculty members, but you could tell that everybody really liked being here, mm -hmm. which is really important. They liked their job and they liked teaching, which is extremely important. Uh, and the one thing that I was sure of when I chose to come here was that um, I was going to be a good ophthalmologist by the time I was done. I didn't necessarily need to do fellowship. I was going to be able to do all kinds of surgeries. I could go in the middle of nowhere, be the only ophthalmologist and, and be able to do whatever is needed. But also, if I wanted to do a fellowship, that there were enough people here with reputations that could help get my foot in the door and, you know, get me into a good fellowship. Um, and that has only improved since I, I uh, came back here. I ended up going to Pittsburgh to do fellowship, came back here to join the faculty. And I can tell you, if, if you're a, a med student looking for a place where you're going to do a lot of surgery, see a lot of patients, be very busy, be around people that like what they're doing, uh, and also not mind having, you know, dinner occasionally with your attending. So people that you actually like hanging out with. I think we have that. Mm -hmm. I don't think we have a single malignant person here. I think most people actually like smile during work. Wow. Um, and that's, that's really the bread and butter of what you want out of a, a residency. You want um, something that's, you know, you want a program that's very focused on the clinical and surgical care. But then you start looking at some of the other things that we've been building over the last, you know, 15 years or so. You want research. Um, you don't necessarily have to be, uh, you know, you don't have to make research your world in order to come here. But if you want to do clinical or basic research, we have that capacity. Um, our head of research is Mark Patrash, who came here from WashU a while ago now, and he built this uh, program in basic research into a powerhouse. So we have that, which is something we didn't have when I was doing residency. That's very different now. And then in addition to that, the global health stuff that we do, um, the capacity to travel and do surgery. Um, and then we have a big focus on translational research here. So it's not just the basic stuff and maybe clinical research with companies. We also do a lot of translational research. We have um, four faculty members in our department have um, received the Inventor of the Year Award on campus, the entire campus, all specialties, which is unusual for ophthalmology. So if you're interested in med devices, technology, um, learning how to get something from concept to commercialization, that's something that we have a lot of experience with. A lot of different facets that we offer that are different. And um, you know, I'm glad I came here and I think we have the best residency program in the country. Yeah. I'm sure others will dispute that. I know you, you uh, put up Tom Oding's uh, interview this morning that I saw and, and he might tell you it's Iowa, but he's wrong. I, see, I, this is where I have to be objective and just stay quiet because I can't say anything anymore. I'm just, I'm just a middleman here, so that's. Yeah, that but is. I saw you smile. You know it's true. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like you're putting me in a tough spot now. Like, right. right. That's right. <laughs> out. No, 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 no. Yeah, that was all for Tom's sake. So hopefully he watches this. <laughs> yeah, no, hopefully. And and I think what's really cool is the opportunity for you, you all, to be so genuine and talk about uh, the program so candidly. And I think that really resonates with just a listener to be like, okay, this person's obviously saying so much that is on different, hitting different barrels. So yeah. Um, it really sounds like a great program and 
And it sounds like a really important thing to, I think a lot of applicants, a lot of us out there is trying to determine that collegiality and the fit and the, right. the knowing that, you know, if I can ask a question and it's okay. And my, you know, my preceptor is not going to think of me as a, right. or you ask that this is not the time, you know, that there's a, there's approachability at different times. Absolutely. Yeah. That's definitely the case here. Sure. Absolutely. That sounds awesome. So in terms of, and I forgot to list out of all your achievements, I forgot to also mention you're also the innovator of the year at University of Colorado. So forgive me for that too. But, um, no worries. Yeah. So, you know, you, you, you mentioned uh, a lot of the, the aspects of being at the, the university and teaching and uh, you even mentioned innovation a little bit. So I have to ask you about the dual blade and, and how that came about. Let's talk about the origin story of that concept and how and actually, you know, just for medical students out there. So if any of us have ideas, and I think a lot of us have ideas, and maybe we're in the early stages of our career, where we don't know how to execute ideas, maybe. Yeah. What does it take to be a builder, but then also be the builder and the seller? Is something I've heard from another podcast earlier, like it's an idea of being both. So talk yeah. about Yeah, that's, that's a good way of putting it. Actually, I, I had not heard that, um, at least not put in that way. One of the things that brought me back here, so as I said, I'm originally from Ohio. After fellowship in Pittsburgh, my plan was to go back to Ohio, start a practice, and you know, just kind of go along that way. My wife's from Cleveland. It would have been perfect. She's also in medicine. So um, that was the plan. But halfway through fellowship, I got a call from our current chair. His name's Naresh Mandava. Um, he's a retina specialist, and he was one of my attendings during residency. And, um, and he said, hey, you know, I need you to, to come back and join the glaucoma service. Um, and I was kind of, you know, I wasn't sure Pittsburgh was recruiting me at that time. And he's like, you know what, let me just talk to your wife because you don't really matter. So. Oh, no. <laughs> so he talked to her, she got off the phone. She's like, yeah, we're moving back to Colorado. I'm like, okay, great. So we're doing that. But part of me moving back was um, he allowed me to make innovation part of what I do. So he gave me startup funding to start a device lab. Mm -hmm. um, got to know several companies, did their early device work, and then any return on that investment that came in, we would put it back into my own devices. Mm -hmm. um, so the, the dual blade device actually came out of an imaging project that I was doing. I needed to harvest trabecular meshwork in order to image it with um, some of my colleagues. We couldn't get a good strip of trabecular meshwork because it's kind of like wet tissue paper. Sure. And so I came up with this device to do that. And while I was doing that, I was thinking, hmm, you know, this would be a really good surgical device to use. Right. Um, so I teamed up with New World Medical, a prominent company in ophthalmology. They've been around since the early 1990s. They, they make one of the premier devices called the Ahmed glaucoma valve that we use in, in glaucoma mm -hmm. surgery and teamed up with them to launch it. Um, so that was a device, not a company, right? So you have to distinguish between what's a device and what's a company. Um, that was perfect to partner with New World and, and to get that launched in uh, late 2015. And it's certainly, you know, the fastest growing glaucoma device um, on the market, and it's doing really well, treated, you know, lots of patients around the world. They also have um, something that really appealed to me, which is they'll, they'll give out free devices to any um, indigent patient that can't afford wow. surgery. And they give out thousands of devices globally for mission work and, and things like that wow. to Orbis, you know, the Flying Eye Hospital. And mm -hmm and others. Along the way, we've also had the ability to start companies. So not just license a product, but start companies that then spin off campus, uh, where we get funding from venture capital. We create teams around uh, the devices, and we go through the uh, research and development process to get it into clinic, and then, you know, get it through approval, and then get it onto the market. We've been, we've been lucky with that. You mentioned the Harmony Lens. That was a company um, called Clarivista that spun out of the university, and that was acquired by Alcon in 2017. Mm -hmm. um, so going through from 
concept all the way through development, clinical trials, and then acquisition from one of the major strategics, um, that's you know the best kind of schooling you can get in innovation. I learned so much. There's so much that they don't teach us in medical school. Yeah. Cer certainly not something that can be conveyed entirely in a short conversation like this. But right. what I always say, I always like to say this out loud, you know, find me on the internet, email me if you have questions. Um, that just happened yesterday, actually, it was somebody from the East Coast who emailed me said, Hey, I'd like to do what you do. You know, how do I do it? Yeah. And then have that conversation. I'm open to it. So to anybody watching or listening to this, you know, certainly find me, email me. I'm at the university. It's easy to find me. Yeah. Uh, and I'm happy to answer any questions. Awesome. Yeah. And I will say that even when I approached you via Twitter and asked you if you do this interview, you were right on it. You said, sure, absolutely. And it was really nice. So I think being approachable sometimes really says a lot about, um, you know, the collaborative nature of people who, who do a lot of things in their work and outside the work. So thank you for doing that. Yeah. And that says something about you too, though. Let me say that. So when, when somebody is bold enough to just do it, to just say, you know what, I'm not going to just think about doing this podcast. I'm actually going to do it. And you know, hey, I saw this guy named Malik on Twitter. I'm just gonna, you know, send him a DM and say, do you want to do it? I think that should be rewarded, right? Because most people are like, you know what, I'll do it next week. And you know what, I'm just gonna go watch Netflix for a few hours. Oh, yeah, no, I still do that too. Don't get me wrong. Right, right. So do I. But I'm actually sitting, I'll show you. Can I show you this? Yeah, please do. So, see it. So I'm watching Shark Week. Oh, see, there TV. you go. You got to balance life. You know, you can't do it all, all the time. Right, right. It's for me, it's been all about Shark Week. And, you know, as I'm talking to you, I'm actually watching some great whites on TV. So Yeah, I wish I had that double track mind. I wish I right. could. It sounds awesome, though. But yeah, you know, I, I agree with you. I think sometimes you, there has to be a little bit, I think anytime in life you have a passion for something, uh, the passion, sometimes it's okay. I was talking to my dad last night about this, but sometimes it's okay to have a little bit of a healthy obsession with something if you really want to go for it. Yeah. And maybe that's some one way to put it, but maybe I'm, I, I consider myself a little healthily obsessed with uh, trying to do this and just make it something. So uh, like any, I mean, you've been inspiration for so many. So uh, just trying to carry that put forward and see what else happens for other people down the road. Cause there's gonna be more people who may need this uh, platform to talk about their own stories. So yeah, absolutely. That. So Great. I want to ask you one, one last question here about, you know, when you, your, your process, I mean, it's one thing to, you know, come up with uh, th these ideas and then and to collaborate and bring them to fruition, but like, let's start at the earlier stage. So what, what, what environment are you usually in when you're like, I have an idea or what, what, what does it usually take for you to be like, wait, I thought of something. Is it, are you driving? Or are you just talking with people? Or is it music? Like what, what really yeah. brings your ideas to fruition? So it's a, it's a great question. Um, so the, one of the former chairs from Duke is Dave Epstein. And I, I know a lot of the medical students that, you know, might be listening to this are, you know, probably don't know the name. Um, he's, he passed away a few years ago. One of the giants in glaucoma, he mentored my mentor, Joel Schumann. So I did fellowship with Joel Schumann and Joel trained under, under Dr. Epstein. And Dr. Epstein always used to say that the biggest lab for clinicians is their clinic. Right, So you go into clinic and you see exactly what the unmet need is, or you're in the operating room, you're doing surgery, and in, in the middle of surgery, you say, you know what, why don't we have this thing? Sure. Or why do we do it this way? Why, why can't we do it this way? And I think that's one of the huge valuable things that we have as clinicians, mm -hmm. right? You can't get that. You know, We have awesome engineers who can do things that I can never dream of, but the one thing that we have is we understand the human body, we understand how to treat patients, and we get to see the effect of what we do on a daily basis. So I would say 99% of my ideas come from being in clinic, being in surgery. Mm -hmm. um, for the past few years, I've traveled a lot for, for surgery. I've done more mission work and um, more of our clinical trials, surgical trials outside. Awesome. 
and I get to interact with different minds, different um, clinicians, you know, who have a different mind frame in their, in their practice. I get a lot from that. So yeah. that's where the innovation comes from. I'm doing something and I say, okay, I could use this. And then I talk to my colleagues, you know, I'll say, Hey, what do you think of this? And uh, what if I did it this way? Would it be appealing to you? And that's really the best test of whether it's something you should throw away or something you should pursue. Yeah. And that's kind of what I, that's kind of what I do. Cool. And I'm sure sometimes, you know, things don't always work. I'm sure that you've had ideas that just de definitely, you know, yeah. all my stuff but, works. I don't know what you're talking about. Okay, Every single mind. one. If that's yeah. just me. Then I'll, <laughs> right. I'll yeah. turn that part out. But yeah, that's right. so that's good though. I think <laughs> you could have an open mind to discussing with people, whether they're local or abroad or, you know, wherever. So um, hopefully right. we, we take that forward, especially in a time like this, where these kind of conversations from abroad and uh, so across the world are happening a lot more. So Dr. Yeah, Cook, absolutely. Want to thank you so much for joining me. I feel like within a short combo, I learned so much about you, and hopefully, uh, we can carry these lessons, you know, forward for anybody who's interested in innovating or just interested in glaucoma or interested in Colorado. So uh, yeah. you're welcome back anytime. And how about you give people uh, where to find you on social media? Your maybe your Twitter handle or whatsoever. Yeah, it's just my name. So at Malikahook, M-A-L-I-K, and then Cook, K-A-H-O-O-K. You can also email me. I'll freely tell you my email because I, I get a ton of emails from from people, and I always love that exchange. It's just my name, Malik.Kahook at cuanschutz.edu. So you can find Anschutz online, and then just cuanschutz.edu with my name email me with questions, anything that comes up, you should do the same thing as you're going through the process, you know, every stage, if you want um, any help along the way, just email me and you know, you know how to find me on Twitter. I do. Um, and I'll put it out there for everybody. It, I haven't been so far removed from, you know, what you guys are going through that, you know, I forgot about it. I remember, I know that it helps to just have a couple of words. Yeah. Um, so I can help them to everybody out there. Check out the University of Colorado. We have the best training program in the country. Tell Tom I said that. I will try. Yeah, I'll have to tag in this post now. So that's right. awesome. Thank you, Dr. So much for, for joining me and looking forward to uh, hopefully seeing you down the road someplace else. All right. Have a good weekend. Thanks for having me. You can follow Dr. Kahook on Twitter at Malik Kahook. That's M-A-L-I-K-K-A-H-O-O-K. -O -O and you can find out more information on his work on his website, keogt.com. Be sure to leave a review and subscribe to Honestly Bilal on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. You can find the video format of these interviews on YouTube by searching Honestly Bilal. For all the latest updates on new releases and chats with future guests, Follow me on Instagram at Bilal underscore 1712 and on Instagram at Honestly Bilal. If you're a fourth year medical student applying for residency in ophthalmology this fall, we have just nine spots left for our virtual interview marathon initiative where you can practice your Zoom skills before hitting the interview trail this fall. No scores needed, no applications needed. You can record your 20 minute session with one of us mock interviewers for reviewing your own performance later. You can find the link in the description to this episode and on my Twitter or Instagram bios. Thanks and chat with you soon.